You ready? Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Superhero with the Cane uh, podcast number two. I am Michael O'Grady. And um, today we're going to dedicate this uh, time to me telling my story, which I think is important. It's a, um, a bit of a, a complicated one, but uh, screw it. I think um, it's important to this. So, we'll start on um, Route 287 South in Piscataway, New Jersey. If anybody uh, is from New Jersey or has ever been to New Jersey, Route 287 is an absolute friggin' nightmare. So, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and I am on the shoulder sound asleep. I was uh, traveling from uh, an appointment I had. Uh, from the office, which is up in Branchburg, to um, a house in, um, I really don't remember. But anyway, I couldn't make it. I was so tired, like ridiculously tired, that I had to pull over and go to sleep. And I was probably, probably slept for about 20 minutes or so. And, um, you know, after that, you know, that result, that, that's when I was uh, in sales, uh, for in the heating and air conditioning business. Um, so I had uh, decided that I was going to leave a, um, a position I had where I was uh, running sales departments and doing sales myself and trying to do many things and uh, go ahead and uh, go just do sales. So this is the result of that. This is like a month into me just making this decision and starting a new job. Uh, it was an absolute nightmare. And the um, the house I ended up going to, uh, I mentioned it in the first podcast, the, the homeowners um, took one look at me after I came down from their attic and wanted to call 911. Um, I was in such bad shape. I was, you know, about to pass out. I was couldn't even cognitively understand what they were saying to me. So um, that's, I started there, but let me, let me back up. Um, several years earlier, uh, I had gone to work for um, a different company. I had I'd been the owner of my own partners in my own business, which I also did sales and I ran um, department meetings and you know, all the things that go along with being a business owner, but I was very much in charge of sales. And I left and decided that uh, my issues, because my issues were uh, family-related, I wanted to provide more for my family, and I, I knew I, there was something there that was bothering me. I could not um, physically do it anymore, and I didn't know why. But I, I remember I'm sitting in a cell. I, I left and I went to this new company. So it's in the middle of July, which is the uh, prime time for, you know, the air conditioning business. And I had a, a meeting with um, some networking guy, some guy that, that was in a networking group I was part of. I really don't know why I would have a meeting in July in the air conditioning business with uh, this guy, but I did. Um, and the guy, I remember him asking me a simple question Um and I, I could not answer. I could not process what he told me. I froze up. I remember sitting there like, 
like what is happening to me? I, I can't even. I don't even understand what this guy's asking me. And from the look on his face, I guess he thought I was having a fucking seizure or something. I, I, I look like I froze up. I couldn't fucking talk. I'm like, oh my god, what is happening to me? So, um, yeah, that that is the start. And I realize now, like I say that, and at the time I was just always. Um, I mentioned it in uh, podcast number one. I was always just, you know, go, 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 work, you know, 70 hours a week. You know, I get up 4 o'clock in the morning, go to work. I go to uh, the gym, then I go to work. Then I get home at, at 8 o'clock at night. I'd have to work some Saturdays, half day. I'd have to work Sundays occasionally. I was just always a go, go, go guy. So I, I didn't realize, um, I just thought I had to work through it. I, 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 you know, I, I try my uh, Tony Robbins crap where I, you know, try to give myself more energy and, and, um, and it just wasn't fucking working. And, and it's funny because I'm going to fast forward from that point. Um, my numbers have been starting to drop. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I, me and my, my, uh, good friend rich um who we own the company together for years um you know i don't know if i even told him this but like i think i had ms and was having issues from it back when i was the owner of my own company because i was a maniac i tracked everything um in sales i would you know i was really i was very good at sales but i also was a numbers guy so I used to look at what my percentage, my closing percentage was like after five o'clock, after six o'clock. Um, and the numbers were so low that I made a decision that I wasn't going to run any more leads after five o'clock at night because my closing rate was too low. It made no sense to me. And I never thought about, well, why? Why is that? And it was, uh, I think it was because the fatigue, the cognitive issues, all that crap from MS had been creeping in. So... Let's fast forward. Um, I'm struggling. I'm in. I'm in pain. I'm uh, back pain, joint pain. Can't remember stuff. I'm, uh, you know, cognitively. I'm. I'm. I'm struggling. And I thought, all right, a change of scenery was going to do the trick. So I, I went ahead and I, I decided to leave where the company I was at. I was going to just do sales. Well, that didn't work out because I told you the story about Route 287. Well, then all of a sudden, in the meantime, I'm, I'm still doing, oh, my God, I'm so freaking tired right now. Um, this is what you get. I have fucking primary progressive MS, and I'm doing a podcast. So this is what you get. I'm tired. Um, so anyway, I was at a company that was supposed to going to be my, my big reliever. I, I was um, overworked. I was stressed. I was just going to go do sales. And here I am to, on Route 287, like I started with asleep, and then people are going to call the ambulance on me. So I went ahead and I got another job offer, which was a little bit closer to home, a little bit less responsibility. Um, you know, I thought that would be the move for me. Well, day five of my new job, um, 
I I had to call my wife and I'm like, I am asleep at my desk. People are talking to me and I can't process what they're saying. Um, I feel like I'm about to pass out. You know, I was exhausted. So she said she she knew the struggles I've been having for uh, a while. So she said to me, um, all right, you need to come home. We need to go to the hospital. And that was not me. I was not a hospital doctor. I didn't go to the hospital. I don't go to the doctor. I just worked through it. And it was bad because I was like, you know what? You're right. We have to. And um, so that resulted in a trip to the emergency room in which I was told by the emergency room doctor, um, you know, there's nothing really wrong with you. Uh, The emergency room is for sick people. You know, maybe you should go home. This is what I was told by the emergency room doctor. Fucking amazing, right? So, after some convincing, they decided to admit me. They admitted me, and um, they booked me for MRIs, and I had doctors and all sorts of tests. Um, It was at that time, you know, at night, my, my heart rate was dropping down to 25 beats per minute. Um, they discovered a lesion on my brain, um, and th- they didn't know what was wrong with me. You know, the, the, when I met with the neurologist, they, they said that, well, maybe the lesion is from Lyme disease. So, um, I'm in the hospital for a few days with tests. I, I, well, oh, and while I'm in the hospital, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting shit. So while I'm in the hospital, um, my primary care doctor comes in to see me. I didn't even ask to see him. He just shows up. Now, this is a guy, I forgot all about this. I had gone and seen him that summer. I saw him the year before and told him about these problems. I forgot all about that. So he comes in, he goes, well, last time that you were in, we ran some blood work and it shows that you have uh, Epstein-Barr disease. So Epstein-Barr is chronic fatigue syndrome. Everyone that has MS, from what I'm told, again, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but everyone that has MS has Epstein-Barr disease. Um, not everybody with Epstein-Barr has MS, just to, to make sure you clarify that. So, yeah, he comes in and says, you have Epstein-Barr, I get these MRIs, you got a lesion, you know, they say you think it's from Lyme disease. Somebody recommends that we go see a Lyme disease specialist, which we went to see, and, um, so a year and a half, two years, probably a year and a half of seeing this guy all out of pocket. None of this is covered by insurance. He ran some kind of voodoo tests where I think he, uh, you know, puffs of smoke and, and uh, some feathers over my head uh, and decided that uh, <laughs> he said, well, you don't you don't have li- you don't have Lyme disease, but you may have had Lyme disease, and now you have a co-infection, which is why the tests are showing that they're inconclusive. So I think you may have a co-infection of Lyme disease. So for a year and a half, I had to pay out of pocket um, to go see this Lyme disease doctor. Uh, all the time, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting better. I wish I was getting better. I'm getting worse. I'm starting to fall. Uh, my gait issues are worse. I am, um, I remember actually 
when I peed, it burned so bad that I had to go to my primary care. And he looked at, he's like, you don't have any infection. You know, you, you, you're on so many antibiotics right now from your Lyme disease doctor that anything you had would have been killed. So, um, this is the bizarre crap that you go through trying to get diagnosed with the MS. And, um, it was finally, you know, as you could imagine, you know, we had, I'm in my forties. We, uh, I'm struggling to pay bills, struggling to pay the mortgage of this house we just bought. Um, I can't keep running the leads I've been running. I can't keep my sales numbers up. I, I am just an absolute mess. Um, so I, I went to, uh, Thank God, we, well, I had to meet with uh, an attorney that we had hired because of our um, our financial situation. He was trying to help us save our house. And um, as I'm sitting there at lunch with this dude, uh, I'm falling asleep. I am falling asleep at lunch, and he looked at me, and he's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Well, it turns out that he starts asking me questions that unless you do these specific questions to ask, um, and you had somebody that was living with MS, you would never know to ask these questions. Well, it turns out his wife had MS, and she had gone to many doctors and went down the same road as me and um, ended up seeing a doctor from Robert Johnson. I mentioned his name, uh, Dr. Jalbert, and she was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So I, me and my wife said, well, we have to go. So we made an appointment. We went to see him. Um, is this too boring? Am I like, am I, this is good shit? All right. I have to check in with my um, authority. So, um, <laughs> so I'm working. This is all the time. I'm still working. So we go to see Dr. Uh, Jalbert. Uh, we get an appointment. He's from Robert Johnson. He's an MS specialist. In the meantime, I tell my Lyme disease doctor, who, I'm sorry, I'm not saying his name, but I fucking hate him, um, that we think we're going to um, we're going to see an MS doctor. He has the balls to say to me, you know, a lot of people think that Lyme disease and MS are the same disease. I'm sorry, I am not a doctor, but that is a, a fucking ridiculous statement to make. Um, and he said that to me and my wife. He And he got upset because we were seeking a second opinion. So for a year and a half, we've been paying out of pocket to go see this guy every month, paying for antibiotics that weren't working. And we said, you know what, we want to go see an MS specialist. And he got mad. So after, uh, you know, I went to see Dr. Jalbert a couple of times. Of course, he sent me for MRIs, which showed I had more lesions because he actually did pull up the MRI from a couple years earlier where I said I had one lesion. Now I had a few lesions. And now that not only did I have lesions on my brain, I had lesions in my spine. Um, a lesion is, I guess, when it, it's an area gets so, uh, your nervous system is so deteriorated that it shows up. Um, the same day... I got told I had lesions on my spine as well is the day that we had to go for the other test, which is the spinal tap. Now, anyone that um, has ever gone through a spinal tap realizes it's not a lot of fun. 
you're basically they're puncturing a hole through your spine. They're taking spinal fluid out. Um, one of the things that they said to me was, you need to go home and lay flat on your back for the rest of the day because you don't want to develop a spinal leak. Well, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the hospital calls us and says, hey, um, we made a mistake. We were supposed to draw blood when we did the spinal tap. You need to come back or else you're going to have to do this all over again. So at 5 o'clock, when I should have been on my back, I'm dri- driving in a car with my wife back to the hospital, walking through multiple floors um, to get the blood work done. Well, guess what? I developed a spinal leak. A spinal, you get a spinal headache because the the fluid that fills up your spine into your, your brain floats in this fluid, um, you don't have enough of it. So... It's basically like your brain is coming, is touching your skull. Anyone that's ever had a headache, I'm sorry, you haven't had a headache until you've had a spinal headache. It feels like your brain is coming out of your head. This is how bad it hurts. So this is what I had, a a spinal leak and a spinal headache. So the only way to fix it, I had to go get a um, blood patch, they call it, where they take some of your blood, they inject it back into this site where they did the spinal tap and they try to stop the leak. So with all that fun is how I got finally got diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, and I was di- and, and Dr. Jabba was actually, the one thing that was very good was he, he sent us to a second opinion, an MS specialist, which we went and saw. And it was through that second opinion that the that doctor said, you know what, I believe that you're... Um, you're not just relapsing or admitting. We believe that you've progressed. You're, you know, bordering on secondary progressive. You might have actually crossed over. So you're experiencing symptoms uh, all the time. At this point, I was uh, falling down a lot. Um, my gait was har- terrible. My memory was terrible. Um, how are we doing on time? Oh, in? 17 in? Yes. Okay. I got to check time. So um, what happens is uh, I continue to try to work for a good year after that. Um, I went to a company where I I was local. I thought I was going to be able to just do sales or just do some like consulting type work. And um, it was a nightmare. You know, I ended up uh, in that time period. I ended up, um, I had already uh, mentioned podcast number one. I already crashed my uh, truck on the parkway and told it. So now I had a new truck uh, or a new SUV. Um, so what happened was finally I was going to meet with the uh, service technicians at this company. I pulled into the parking lot and drove right into the back of a uh, truck. And, um, and this was at 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I just was so tired. So I... Um, yeah, I realized at that point it was time for me to stop working. So, you know, I went on uh, temporary disability, which eventually led to uh, full-time disability. You know, that took about a year and a half to uh, to happen. Um, you know, Michelle, my wife, had to go back to work. At that, she had gone back to work uh, earlier. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. She had gone back to work earlier when my... My numbers started to fall off, and the kids were getting older, so she knew we needed the income, and we needed to relieve some of the, the stress. And, um, 
So she had gone back to work, and uh, and now I was going to have to stop working because it was too dangerous. I'm falling down, I'm crashing cars. <laughs> What's next? I don't know. Um, I did manage to coach my son's uh, little league team uh, during this process. I don't know how, but I did. Um, it was tough. So um, that was back in, I was officially diagnosed in 2012. 2014 is when I, I, I had to go on uh, Social Security Disability. It took about a year. Uh, and there, I used an attorney that was recommended for the uh, our MS support group, Greg Hobby, who's awesome. We'll talk about Greg, Greg Hobby in the future. Uh, and he helped me get approved. Um, it took about a year. But uh, it wasn't enough. Um, you know, we ended up, um, I just have to say this, you know, I, I used to be very good at what I did and used to be able to work my butt off. When you take that away, um, that leads to not enough income. And when you can't pay your bills, um, you know, we ended up getting our house foreclosed on and uh, I had to declare bankruptcy. Um, it was a mess. You know, when you can't pay your bills and you, you can't uh, can't survive. And the one thing I'd say is, you know, we, I didn't have private disability insurance, um, which is, you know, some people are, are fortunate to have that. But I guess, you know, I, Social Security disability doesn't pay a lot. But I guess it's I'm, I'm glad that it, it's something. You know what? It's something that. I could rely on to help feed my family and uh, pay some of our bills. And so I'm thankful for that. You know, what's happened since then? Um, you know, I had written a book back in 2014, um, A Dab with MS, Some Superheroes Have a Cape and a Cane. And, um, you know, what's happened is my disease has progressed. I, um, I ended up realizing that it made sense for me to... Uh, I had to switch doctors. Um, I, I had met with a doctor, Dr. Duncan from Jersey Shore um, MS Center, who had come to speak at our um, support group several times. I got I established a relationship with him where I was able to actually sit down and talk about my disease. He was much closer. So uh, he was able to uh, take a look at my disease um, from scratch. You know, we started everything from scratch, and uh, he ended up deciding that, you know what, you're you're not secondary progressive. Uh, you were never relapsing or admitting. He goes, you've always been primary progressive MS, which makes sense because I never had a um, I never had a point where things uh, went away completely. I, you know, always had a gradual decline that just got worse and worse and worse. So. It is what it is, I guess. Um, I, you know, this I, I've said it before. This disease sucks. Um, it's not a lot of fun. This today, I use a uh, cane. I use a walker full time. Um, I go to therapy, and uh, you know, I, I'm fading as we speak because I've already had therapy today, and and the day is. As we get close to 12 o'clock, I have to go to sleep for a while. But um, yeah, today I'm living with primary progressive MS, and uh, I'm in a clinical trial. 
uh, for a new drug that they're trying to uh, see will help. And um, we will see. I have looked into uh, things like spinal taps. I'm spinal taps. I've looked into things like stem cell. Um, not a good candidate for that. Uh, I have uh, gone down the nutrition route. You know, gluten-free, organic, the Walsh protocol. I have done that multiple times. Um, I still eat relatively healthy, so um, that's where we are right now. Um, I think that's a good spot to end it, right? All right. So that's the uh, the end of the podcast two. That is my story, uh, and I am sticking to it. I am Michael O'Grady, and I look forward to seeing you in podcast three. Thank you.